Blog Talk Radio. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. <laughs> What's wrong with you? My first thought would be a lot. Time to get ready to show. Whatever he is, he Rumble winners 
have gone on to win the championship at WrestleMania. And now, for the first time ever, every WWE superstar is eligible to enter the Royal Rumble, making this the most unpredictable in history. We want your predictions. 347-838-9815. That number again is 347-838-9815. We have callers on hold. We will get to you shortly. Thank you so much for calling in. Now, please, if you want to email me, check me out, Ken at thekenreedyshow.com. That's Ken at thekenreedyshow.com. Also, check me out on Facebook, The Ken Reedy Show on Facebook. There's always wrestling discussion going on on that page. Uh, speculation, opinions, debates, and arguments. So be sure to check us out. And like I said, here we are, 2012. We are officially on the road to WrestleMania. We got on the road. We have hit the on-ramp. We are on our way to Miami. Um, And the Rumble definitely kicks off that season uh, on our way to WrestleMania. And arguably, this is the best time of year to be a wrestling fan. Uh, this is usually when the WWE puts out their best product, um, and it's interesting. Will this year, this season, this WrestleMania, this lead-in be as good as usual? Would this be uh, the best season, uh, as I said, for the wrestling fan? Because we have had the setup a year or so in the making, Rock versus Cena at this year's WrestleMania, and we're leading the home stretch of the main event at WrestleMania, will we get some more setup here at the Royal Rumble? Will we get anything at the Royal Rumble uh, as far as this main event goes? Are we really satisfied right now with what the WWE is giving us? Are we looking forward to the season, the road to WrestleMania, or are we cautiously optimistic? Are we treading lightly going into this season? Uh, this year has been interesting. Uh, it's been a lot of anticipation, but... Uh, the Rock keeps bringing it via satellite. Um, it's interesting. Will The Rock, will we get a surprise uh, appearance by tonight at the Royal Rumble? Have they done enough? Has the WWE done enough to build the anticipation for this season, for the Rumble, for WrestleMania? Or has the WWE shit the bed? Full throttle, straight ahead. We are on our way to Miami and this is where we started off. The Royal Rumble matches tonight, the Royal Rumble pay-per-view event. Um, and this is, like I said, this is where we kick off the, the season. This is an important season as far as the wrestling universe. Um, and it's, it's an interesting one because I, I don't know if we can say that the uh, 
WWE has done a great job at setting up the main event. Here's what I think is going to happen this year. The road to WrestleMania, the year of speculation. We're going to get to WrestleMania. It's going to be The Rock versus Cena. Now remember, WrestleMania this year is April 1st. April Fool's Day. So we're going to get to WrestleMania. The great anticipation here in the making. Rock versus Cena. We're going to get there. And we're going to hear Cena's music. Cena's going to come down to the ring. Then all of a sudden the Titantron is going to go on. And we're going to get a video game representation of the Rock versus Cena. And then the Rock's going to show up on the Titantron and say, April Fool's, if you smell what the Rock is cooking. Wouldn't that be great? April Fool's joke by The Rock, a year in the make, and the WWE pulls the wool over all of us. I keyed, I keyed. I really don't think that's what the WWE is going to do for us. But what are they going to do? What are they going to do to set up this year's WrestleMania, WrestleMania 28, down in Miami, Florida? Um, And today, I have a special co-host that's going to be, we're going to see if technology works out for us today. But on the phone... We've had Dave Rosenbluth, who's been on with me a few times, uh, has done some indie wrestling work, resident wrestling expert, can help me out with some co-hosting duties. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Ken. How about yourself? I am doing awesome. So what do you think, uh, as far as getting on this uh, road to WrestleMania, to, you know, obviously tonight they always talk about Rumble's really the the real start of the WrestleMania season. Uh, what are your thoughts going into this uh, season. Well, personally, um, being attending last year's WrestleMania and the Monday Night Raw after Mania, when they had announced that The Rock and John Cena were going to be the main event, um, it already, you know, it already got me. You know, I uh, couldn't wait to get the travel package. I couldn't wait when the tickets went on sale. I'm patient. The Rock was going to return, and. Um, the travel packages sold out in two hours, I believe, or in, or in two days, excuse me. Um, WrestleMania tickets have uh, done pretty well in ticket sales um, in, in anticipation for this main event. It helped in, it's helped in that sense. As far as the build, the actual build to the main event between the two of them, I think it's been kind of uh, shoddy, to say the least, with um, Rock making only a few appearances on Raw. Um, there's only been brief mentions of him and John Cena competing in the main event. Um, and then, of course, he made his return at the Survivor Series in that tag team match. And uh, to me personally, and to a lot of other wrestling fans, I would think that um, the uh, the match that Rock came back in with Cena in the tag match against Miz and Truth, um, everyone thought that Rock was going to make his grand return at WrestleMania. You know, that's where most people make their return at WrestleMania. I understand they wanted to bring the Rock back in Madison Square Garden, where it all began for him, and to really promote Survivor Series. But some people, including myself, kind of disappointed because I was really looking forward to being one of the chosen few to have a seat in that stadium, um, along with the other 75,000 people, to see The Rock make his big return at a WrestleMania. Um, they still got a few months, you know, with, or at least two months to bring him back, and from where I've heard, he's going to make at least three or four appearances on Raw that are scheduled and advertised. Um, one at the end of February, there's about three in March, so um, they really need to get into gear if they want to hold the people's interest. A year is a long time to wait for a main event um, in today's wrestling world. Um, yeah, it, it's day, interesting what they've done here, because, you know, it, and I think all of us, I agree, like when I when I heard that, 
you know, I think uh, we texted each other that I guess we're getting our tickets to Miami now. Um, and, and, and coming out of, and, and for those of you who've never been, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, you've got to do the weekend. Yeah, and do the travel package. It, it, do the weekend. It's, you know, the event almost becomes secondary. It's just a great event, a great thing to be a part of as a wrestling fan. Um, and the WWE, look, sometimes WrestleMania is great, sometimes it's not. We're, we're all aware of that. But the WWE does everything right for that weekend. As a wrestling oh, fan, absolutely. you feel good, uh, you know, being a wrestling fan for that weekend. So it was interesting. That being said, coming out of that whole weekend, you know, riding the WrestleMania high um, and going into that Monday Night Raw and then, you know, setting up the main event. Yeah, I mean, it was like, all right, I, I guess going to Miami next year. Um, but the luster has definitely died a bit. Um, and I do, look, Cena's the type of guy. I don't know if Cena is, it can carry something for, for this long. He's limited on the mic. Uh, you know, he's got some skills, but he, he does have his limits. Uh, to sustain something like this for a year with The Rock really not being there uh, is is tough for Cena. Um, the other thing that I find interesting, and, and we we had a, a, a thing, and uh, I just asked, do you think The Rock uh, will make a surprise appearance at, at the Royal Rumble? And 100% of the people who answered said no. And the interesting thing, and I want sometimes that the WWE has done themselves a bit of a disservice and looking short-term as opposed to long-term, which is interesting because they've had a long-term storyline, but they still think in terms of short-term. They, Most people think that they wouldn't have Rock as a surprise guest at the Rumble because they'd want to market it. Right. Now, the thing is, now that's very short-term. That's very short-term thinking. You've got to market it so people will will want to order the pay-per-view because The Rock's going to be there. A long-term way of looking at things is, hell, The Rock shows up out of nowhere, and then people start to think, well, shit, we don't, like, who knows what's going to happen at a WWE pay-per-view. Maybe I need to buy the next one because who knows who might pop up? Who knows what surprises uh, they might throw in? And... That's kind of how I wish it was, but it's not. Um, so I, I do think it's interesting that you know most people don't even think The Rock will make a surprise appearance on the, at the Rumble or on a Raw or any place else before WrestleMania because everybody knows that the WWE is going to market The Rock's appearance and they're not going to surprise their audience with The Rock showing up. Now, did you, I mean... I don't know. Like, I, what do you think about that? I mean, is that a, is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? Um, it's it's a catch twenty two for me. I mean, if you look back and you, if you remember, um, the buy rates for this year's WrestleMania exceeded the one million mark, and uh, Rock had a lot to do with that. You know, they announced his appearance at WrestleMania a month and a half, two months, almost two months in advance that he was going to just be in the building. Um, and it got a lot of eyeballs on that television set. Vince McMahon is all about having as many eyeballs on that television set as he possibly can um, when he's advertising something big like that. Um, so it's all—I mean, to me, it's all about him making the most money he can, especially with a name like The Rock. I do see your point where you talk about that element of surprise, where 
um, somebody shows up that's unexpected, out of nowhere, and it's a big return, and that, you know, it could get the viewer to order the replay during the week, you know, or order the next pay-per-view. Um, I think with this situation, a lot of people already know, the, the general public and the, the, the core WWE audience already know that The Rock is going to be a part of WrestleMania. Um, and that's where the real money is, is between him and John Cena one-on-one. Um, him showing up at the Royal Rumble is just, you know, that added, you know, the the, the, the extra cherry on top of the Sunday. Um, it could go, I mean, personally for me, I wouldn't mind it either way. If, if, if he showed up surprised, yeah, that'd be great, you know. Um, or if they advertise it too. Either way, it could work for me. But in the business sense, as far as what WWE creative and Vince McMahon are concerned, I think they would want to take the approach of uh, putting an all-out advertising campaign that The Rock is going to make an appearance. I mean, they did it for Survivor Series, and it turned out pretty well. The, the Survivor Series pay-per-view buy rate was up, uh, I don't know how many numbers it was up, but it was, it was better than the, the previous two years. So, I guess um, in their eyes, if, if you know if it's not broke, you know there's no need to fix it. Yeah, I hear you. All my surprises. Damn it! I, I don't get me wrong. I, I, lo- I, I love the element of surprise. I think it's cool, especially you know during the Monday Night Wars on television when you know we wouldn't know who would show up on Raw or Nitro. I, I, I miss that 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 feeling, that element of surprise, but. It's a, it's a different landscape in today's world of professional wrestling, that's for sure. Yeah, and it's, it's also like it hurts with the, with the dirt sheets as well, and there are a lot of spoilers out there. I mean, you know, if you're a wrestling fan and you're out there and you, you got your, your ear to the ground, I mean, who didn't know that, you know, it was going to be Jericho when he showed? Um, you're right, the element of surprise is definitely uh, lacking right now in professional wrestling. Um, there's, there's too many insiders, there's too many... Uh, people can leak information. Uh, you know, and I, I kind of miss that. I kind of miss that whole idea that, you know, someone you, you don't know that, that is shocking will, will show up and, and wow you. I mean, even last year uh, at the Rumble, uh, just about everyone knew that, that Booker and Nash were going to show up. And those aren't, like, huge names. Um, but it would have been so cool if I just didn't hear about it. And it's tough, you know, if you're out there and you're listening to things and you're you're online and, you know, you're just surfing around. I mean, things just pop up. Um, you know, it, it's, I don't know. I, like, I wish I'd surprise I understand uh, where they're going. Um, you know what, Dave? I'm going to go to the phones because we actually have a caller that's been on hold for about 20 minutes. Awesome. So we're going to scooch over there and caller, are you there? Hello? Hello. Yeah, hey, I'm Tony Vizioli. How you doing, Ken? Good. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm getting psyched for, for the Rumble. You know, it's my favorite show of the year. You know, I've been watching for like 20 years now. Um, it's funny. But yeah, I like, think a, a lot of people, it's their favorite. Yeah, definitely. Um, but as far as you know, like The Rock, yeah, this was definitely a first that um, they announced the WrestleMania uh, uh, main event a year ahead of time. I don't recall ever them ever doing that before. Um, but I, you know, like as far as the, um, I don't know if that that ever happened up before, you know, where they announced it a whole year ahead of time. I've been watching this a long time. I, I, unless I'm mistaken, it's never happened before. Yeah. I thought that was, I I actually thought that like, you know, when they had rock team up with Cena at the survivor series, I thought it 
kind of kind of put a damper on it a little bit because it was like you know it's like you know why is Rock teaming with him? You know why why is he teaming with Cena? You know it's just yeah some of that didn't make any sense. But um, as far as the Rumble, you know I've been thinking about you know will we make this will he show up or whatever? I mean I've been thinking that, but I I don't see that happening either. Um, I do know I do know that he will be on the after after tonight and you know uh, after uh, tonight and the elimination chamber he will be making uh, some appearances on Raw. I'm not sure if they're if they're going to be live or you know like by the uh, satellite or whatever. But I I know that he'll be on there to uh, promote um, to hype up his his match with Cena on uh, April first. So, Let me ask you: Are, are you are you excited about the WrestleMania main event? I I had been excited uh, for about it when you know it's like when it first happened. It's like you know, oh, The Rock versus John Cena. It's like, oh yeah, this is gonna be, this is gonna be really cool. You know, it's just it's like you know that's like I say, you know, I I don't know. We'll see what kind of a match they get out of it. Like I say, you know, because Cena is not really like you know, let's say neither guy neither guy would you know get over by their in-ring skills, you know, it's both, you know, The Rock got over because it's just, you know, it's tremendous charisma, he was like the greatest hunker ever, and, um, you know, I, I think, the, I think the match will have a lot of, uh, you know, the fans will, will totally be behind Rock, I, and I, obviously, since they're in his hometown, Cena's going to get booed out of the building, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it should be a fun, it should be fun, you know, for Rock and Cena, you know, it's like seeing them seeing them go at it, you know, and in the end, I, I don't know what will happen, but, you know, I, I'd like to see Rock win just because I'm not really the biggest John Cena fan in the world, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know before you, know, before like you a, go, Tony, who, who do you think wins the Rumble tonight? Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Great prediction. Yeah, that's, that's a solid pick. That's definitely a solid pick. And I think he's going to do something big tonight. Tony, thank you so much for the call. Appreciate you calling. Uh, not a problem. It was great to, was great to be uh, on here. Thank you. No solid pick there. Uh, Chris Jericho, uh, first pick uh, for the Royal Rumble pregame show, the Ken Reedy Show. Uh, we, we have some more callers on hold. Uh, again, if you're out there listening, please dial us, 347-838-9815. That number again is 347-838-9815. Uh, this first hour, we're we're going to concentrate a lot on getting on the road to WrestleMania. Uh, second hour, we're going to really hit uh, the Rumble event. But you know what? We're going to let the call dictate wherever the hell this show goes. So if you want to call in, you got something you want to talk about, or you want to talk about the Rumble event, by all means, call in, and uh, you know we'll get you on and talk about things. So, um, so yeah, so Dave, uh, you know, like I asked Tony, I mean, I don't know... It's it's interesting. I guess The Rock being there uh, helps to sell WrestleMania this year. However, I don't know. Tony strikes me as a as kind of a hardcore wrestling fan. I don't know how much um, you know this event and setting it up a year in advance. Like the hardcore wrestling fan is going to either be at WrestleMania or buy the WrestleMania pay per view anyway. How many of the fringe people has brought in? Um, I really don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, Rocks, I remember a show we did back a while ago, and uh, Dave LaGreca from Busted Open fame had called in, and he talked about how the Rocks' uh, movie career had been lackluster in the past few years. And um, I don't really follow too much on the Hollywood gossip, you know, the tabloids, the TMZ, and all that stuff. I'm not really big on that, but... um. I never really heard Rock's name being a 
big name in Hollywood. Um, obviously, he's not up there with the guys like the Brad Pitt and the Mel Gibsons and, you know, the Tom Hanks and the, the George Clooney's and stuff like that. But he was never really talked about. He was more or less, you know, put in roles that fit the description of him, per se. Every, I mean, he was, type, he, he was typecast as a wrestler turned actor. He's done pretty well for himself in some of the movies that I've seen him in. Um, but more so in the past year, since he did that Fast and Furious movie, um, the, the Fast Five, I think it was called, and they, it was the big Fast, Fast and Furious reunion, and he had yeah. a, a starring role in that. Um, he seems to be, and it, it, coincidentally, that movie came right, up, right around the time when he hosted WrestleMania, and then they made the big announcement with you know, him and John Cena. He's gotten a little bit more talk um, in the Hollywood gossip sites, um, from what I've heard, from what I've even read. I, I, I dare say that I've, uh, I've gone on some of those, you know, those dirt sheet sites like TMZ, but um, I think it's going to attract some outside viewers to see people in Hollywood to see, okay, Rock's been gone, you know, he wrestled before, and then he took seven years off, and he's been gone doing movies and, and making money and, and living a good life. Let's see if he comes back. Let's see what this is really all about with him. Let's see if he comes back and falls on his face. I mean, granted, he was in a tag team match, and there was a, there was a lot of ways to cover up somebody's ability in a, in, a, in a tag team match. But from what I saw, and I watched that pay-per-view, um, he did pretty well for himself in, the, in the, the short amount of time he was in the ring, and it looked like he still had it in terms of, I mean, he's athletically gifted, in great shape. The talking-wise, he's, you know, ahead of the curve. Um, you, you put him out there, he blows the whole locker room out of the water when it comes to, you know, the microphone. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought he looked good. I mean, I thought that they definitely, uh, you know, worked the match so, you know, the Rock had specific, like, spots that he probably practiced the hell out of certain moves. Um, but I did think he looked really good. Um, you know, it's funny. My my speculation on his movie career is that, that The Rock's ego got a little too big for its britches. And, and to me, like, his first few movies out of the gate, uh, when he left wrestling, when he did The Scorpion King, when he did uh, Rundown, and he was doing those action movies, uh, you know, those movies were doing fairly well, and he was definitely on his way up. The thing was, when you do action movies and you're a wrestling star, the wrestling audience is going to go see those movies. Um, yeah, to absolutely. me, I think The Rock thought he was a movie star before he legitimately was a movie star. Now, don't get me wrong. If Disney comes knocking on my door and offers me a five-picture deal, I'm going to take it. So I'm not faulting yeah. The Rock for signing with Disney. But I think what, what that signing with Disney did was he wasn't an established enough star to bring in people who didn't know him. He wasn't established yeah. enough in Hollywood to bring in that audience. What he did with those movies is alienate his wrestling audience. No wrestling fan is going to go out to see The Tooth Fairy unless some six-year-old was forcing him to. And that was the problem. <laughs> And after that, yeah, his movie career, I mean, his movies were doing less and less at the box office as they went on. You can't say that it's a coincidence that all of a sudden he's back in the wrestling world. And now, you know, he did that, besides the movie Fast Five, he also did that movie Faster, which was an edgier action movie where he was hunting yeah, down right. 
uh, these guys who killed his brother, which was a fairly cool movie. He's going to be in the new G.I. Joe movie. Um, it's a kid's movie, but it's an action-type movie, that new movie, Journey 2. Um, so he's he's getting back into the action movies, which is where wrestling fans would want to see him. So the guy comes back to the wrestling world, shakes things up a bit, but, you know, he's looked to promote his movies again. He wants the wrestling audience to go and see G.I. Joe when it comes out. You know, he wants the wrestling audience. I mean, look, Fast Five did huge at the box office. Now, I know Fast Five is a great franchise, and they make a ton of money, but you know what? They made a little bit extra bringing that wrestling audience in. And and yeah. being part of wrestling and wanting to see, you know, hey, The Rock is back in action movies. Because all of us are like, what the hell is The Rock doing? He's in, he's playing the Tooth Fairy? I mean, what the yeah. F? The Rock is the Tooth Fairy. And, and that's where yeah. I think he kind of lost wrestling fans who uh, would even dream of going to see his movies. And now he's back doing action movies. Look, I, I think The Rock is one of those guys that when you look at the 80s and you look at like how action movies – peaked probably in the 80s with the Swillses and the Stallones and the Schwarzeneggers. But look at like something like, you know, last summer, Stallone does the Expendables and it does huge box office. Stallone, who's like in his 60s, there's nobody around right now in Hollywood who is fit that bill as, as, as a legitimate action star, like the guy. You know, in the 80s, there was the Schwarzeneggers, there was the Stallones. Who is it now? The fact that Stallone that could come, come out with an action movie and it do huge box office tells me that no one has really come in and fit that bill. The Rock's the guy, and when he went off and did Disney, it just kind of it, it got him off track. He's the guy that can fit that Bruce Willis, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Stallone void that is yet to be filled. Um, so I, I yeah, I mean I don't think it's coincidence that you know he gets back into the action movie game and all of a sudden he's back in the in the wrestling game. Um, but, you know, it's interesting looking at this road to WrestleMania because, you know, I, I'll admit, and I'm not a Cena hater. I, I You know, I think the guy's got some skills. Um, well, no, I think neither am I. Limits. What's that? Neither am I. I'm not a Cena hater. I appreciate what he does in the ring. I mean, he's got a lot of limits, you know, granted, but I think, you know, he's got some skills too. Um, it's interesting because The Rock does his movies and leaves. Cena does his movies. Now, I, I think the Rock movies are better. I'll be honest. But Cena yeah. does his movies, and he stays around. And it's interesting how the crowd will get behind a Rock who did leave us, who continues to say, I'll, I'm home and I'll never leave again. And he continues to desert us. And yet we boo Cena. Embrace the hate, Cena! <laughs> it's... Uh, an interesting point you made about how the um, the wrestling audience kind of went back to uh, Rock's action movies ever since he started doing some of the action movies like Fast Five and Faster. Um, I remember last year when he cut that promo, when he came back and announced that he was going to be the host for WrestleMania, um, I looked over to my brother and I said, before Rock even uttered the words, I said, he's here to promote another movie. Vince, Vince, Vince suckered him in for a big payday at WrestleMania, and they're going to plaster that new Fast and Furious movie all over Monday Night Raw and SmackDown and, and the WWE website. And to be honest with you, 
I didn't see one advertisement in the middle of Monday Night Raw. Granted, during commercial breaks, they would show the previews for the movies, but sometimes during Raw and SmackDown, they'll do like an exclusive behind-the-scenes on the set if they have one of their wrestlers in a movie or in a television commercial. I didn't see one cut, you know, cutaway moment from the from the actual show itself where they showed you know, clips from the movie that he was going to be in and interviews with the actors and talk about how great he is as an actor and how well his timing is and he's a natural at it like they did with, you know, John Cena and, and Triple H when they were in those, those bullshit movies, The Marine and The Chaperone. So I was really surprised that, that they didn't really prostitute that movie all over WWE television, considering the kind of business that The Rock was going to be bringing them just by setting foot in the Georgia Dome at WrestleMania 27 last year. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see them bring it out as much as I thought they would either. Um, but, you know, maybe The Rock was, like, just, just being there. I mean, who knows what, what – I mean, I had heard stuff that, that, you know, The Rock being at WrestleMania was just a handshake and nothing was really signed. So who knows – what agreements were made and what was allowed to happen and not allowed to happen behind the scenes. Um, yeah, it was very interesting. You know, I'm going to take another call now because we got, we got three on hold. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, let's go here. Caller. Uh, no, let's try that again. Hello? Caller, are you there? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? You're on. Are you Hello? there, caller? Hello? Hello, how are you? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Sorry, I had your speaker. I was driving. That's okay. Drive safely. Hey, hey, Dave, what's going on? It's Tank. Hey, brother, what's going on, man? Tank, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, I'm working right now. I'm delivering, and I figured the one way I can listen to you guys is um, call and be put on hold, so I've been listening in, and... uh, Hell of a show so far, guys. Thanks. Um, if you want, I can put you back on hold after after your call, so you can keep listening. Um, well, I'm not gonna hang up because I have, to, I have to go back in the store at some point because my boss is gonna wonder where the hell I went. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but, I don't want to be um, the reason you get fired and then you don't come to WrestleMania this year, all right? So why don't you no, go back got, to work? I got two jobs, so if I get fired, I got a backup. Um, anyway, <laughs> okay. <laughs> two things. One, as much as I hate to admit it. Um, I think that Miz is going to be the new Royal Rumble champion because they're going to try and um, hype him up and give him like a a good solid match. I don't know what, I don't know what angle they would play with Chris Jericho unless they're trying, because I'm trying to think we're getting really close to WrestleMania, right? So who and when do you think they're going to start hyping up the Taker match, if they're even going to have an Undertaker match this year. It's got to be soon. I mean, we only got one pay per view between now and, and WrestleMania. Um, you're right. I, you know, I and I've heard nothing when we talking before about speculation, dirt sheets, and what have you. I mean, there are rumors circulating, but there's nothing out there that's saying, you know, look for the Undertaker at blank. So who knows? He might be. You know, maybe. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe he takes a WrestleMania off. I, I, I disagree with that. I, mean, I don't remember the exact date, but was it around this time last year when Taker um, came out and then Triple H came out as well? Yeah, that it was, was right around the time. So it, it has to be soon. So, 
I'm thinking if anybody may have stand a chance right now on the roster to go up against Taker that's fresh enough to take him on, I would think it's Jericho. But if Jericho wins the Royal Rumble, then that would kind of negate that aspect of that storyline. That's why I'm thinking Miz is going to win it tonight. I taught you well, my friend. <laughs> so you're looking at you're looking at Jericho Taker at WrestleMania. Um, I would like to see Jericho Taker at WrestleMania. I think it would be an incredible match, especially how Taker hasn't wrestled once since last year, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And Jericho just came back, so you got two solid wrestlers with an incredible career each under their belt. And he keeps talking about how he's, he's going to be the beginning of the end. The only thing I can think of is the end of Taker's career. That's, that's, a, that's a really good point. And, you know, with, with Taker, with everything we're hearing as far as his injury situation, they're going to need someone who can carry, to a certain extent, carry Taker. I mean, Taker will put it out there. Um, and, yeah. and Jericho's the guy who could who could carry him. Hey, I don't mean to cut you guys short. I gotta walk into back to work, but I'll definitely give you guys a call back up before the show's over tonight. All right, cool. Thanks for calling. All righty, no Thank problem. I'll talk to you guys later. All right, awesome. Well, you know, let's let's go into that because as we're leading into the, the road to WrestleMania, um, you know, he does bring up an, an excellent point. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of speculation of Jericho Punk uh, at WrestleMania, but you know, Jericho Taker, uh, you know, there might be a good way to go. And I have heard some rumors about that, and that would make all the uh, those vignettes make sense, the beginning of the end. I like I like, I like that idea better than the proposed idea that, uh, that's that been talked about with a, a third Triple H Undertaker rematch, as good as it would be. And there's been even been talk about having Shawn Michaels be the referee of that match and possibly Triple H put his career on the line. We've seen that happen already two other times with Triple H, and we've seen somebody put their career on the line against a streak, and that was Shawn Michaels a couple of years ago. Um, Jericho would be a fresh matchup. Jericho and Undertaker really haven't crossed paths too much. They've had a couple of matches on television, but nothing really big and high profile. And um, I'd like to see personally Jericho and Undertaker at WrestleMania for the streak. Um, and I'll add more to that later as we talk about the Royal Rumble that's going to tie into um, some of my uh, theories about this year's Royal, this, this evening's Royal Rumble match. But personally, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I, you know, even whether it's, it's boxing or, uh, you know, uh, ultimate fighting, MMA, um, you know, anytime there's there's a quote trilogy uh, in matches, um, the the one thing that makes the most sense in a trilogy is one guy wins one, the other guy wins the other, and the third one is is for bragging rights essentially. The third one breaks the tie. Um, I agree with you. I have no interest in Triple H Taker again. I have no doubt they'll, they'll put on a good show. Um, those guys can go even at their advanced ages. Uh, you know, they know how to work a crowd. Uh, but I really have no interest in, in seeing them again. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me as a trilogy to to see those two again. Uh, you know, I was kind of open, but who knows where, where uh, Taker's injuries are. 
Um, I thought maybe it would have been cool if, uh, you know, maybe at SummerSlam they build a WrestleMania rematch between Taker and and H. Um, you know, that maybe would have worked. But, again, another match at WrestleMania does nothing for me. It also bothers me because you had Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels. Then we're going to have Triple H, Triple H. Um, I agree with you. I think Jericho would uh, be definitely something fresh. Uh, definitely something interesting, um, you know, would make those vignettes make a lot of sense. Uh, what's interesting is, like, what do you think as far as, you know, because I've heard a lot of Jericho v. Punk at WrestleMania. Uh, if we go, if we veer off of that, and we'd let's just say for speculation sense here at the Kenry Show, and call us in if you're listening, 347-838-9815. Number again, 347-838-9815. Um, if we if we say that you know we're gonna say right now we're booking WrestleMania so it's Jericho versus Taker, uh, what are we doing with Punk for WrestleMania this year? Um, well, speculation that I have heard, um, and I would I would definitely be in favor of this um, is a CM Punk Triple H WWE Championship match. Um, they didn't re- I mean they had that that little uh, that street fighter or whatever it was back in the fall, um, that one that one match, they had cut promos on each other, insulting each other, insulting each other's wives, and, you know, the, what's in their underwear drawer, and this, that, and the other, and they didn't really do enough with the two of them. Um, so, I, th- I mean, it, it could work with, the, with a CM Punk and a Triple H, and um, I think if you put CM, and the whole thing about CM Punk is is that when he did that whole summer of punk thing, you know, he wanted to be noticed, he wanted to be recognized, he wanted to be a reason for the company to be successful more than anything else because he got sick and tired of seeing the same guys on top. Um, so putting him against Triple H at WrestleMania for the championship, it could almost be somewhat a passing of the torch. Um, Triple H, you know, walking not walking away, you know, for good, because there's no such thing as, you know, retirements for good in wrestling. Um, but that would really legitimize CM Punk. If he isn't already legitimate, I think he's a, a pretty top star and legitimate in the main event scene in the WWE, but um, having him beat Triple H at a WrestleMania and retaining the WWE Championship will speak volumes for the guy's career heading forward in the WWE. I'd I also like be- them to do that. I think it would give a little more consistency to the punk. I mean, I... Look, down the road a piece, they they got to turn Punk heel again. I don't find him a very interesting face. He kind of bothers me as, as a face. And at, at times, you know, I do He's find not doing him, anything but, different as a baby face. Just the people are cheering him because, you know, he, 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 he basically, you know, spoke his mind and spoke what the people wanted to hear. But I'm sorry I to interrupt you, Bill. Because there, are, there are times that he, he plays to the crowd more as a face than a heel, which kind of bothers me if you're, you're you know, Prancing around saying you're anti-establishment, and then you know when you're getting ready for your finishing ma- finishing move, you're kind of looking at the crowd and kind of getting them, uh, you know, ramped up. Um, and the, the whole punk run right now has been. I mean, right now I feel like it's a he's doing a cut rate Stone Cold Vince McMahon uh, with Laurinaitis, um, which is entertaining. I and mean, anytime you got you know an underling versus his boss, it's uh, it's entertaining. But the whole run. Number one, I think Summer Punk, they could have drawn out Punk Cena a little longer. I know you wanted Punk at SummerSlam because he was the hottest thing going. 
Um, but I do think the walkout could have lasted longer. Uh, the Kevin Nash thing kind of, it was a bit disjointed uh, where exactly they were going with Nash and, and Punk. Uh, you know, and then it was weird. You know, it's like Punk was all, I'm anti-establishment. You know, I hate you, Triple H. I hate the WWE. I hate, you know, want things to be different. And and then there was that awful walkout episode, and Punk doesn't walk out. Like, to me, it was just so obvious. Like, we need to keep him as a baby face so he can't be part of the walkout. And I know he said, you know, I'll, I'm not going to stab you in the back. I'll stab you in the front. But everything they set up with Punk's character, he should have been walking out. He should have been in total agreement with walking out on Triple H. And instead, it just didn't make any sense. So now they yeah, there were a lot of holes. There were a lot of holes in that story. I mean, they they really they, I personally feel they dropped the ball when Kevin Nash announced that he texted himself. I mean, they could have they could have gone so many different directions with that whole who sent the text to to send Kevin Nash out to to call CM Punk the championship. I mean, Laurinaitis was an obvious shooter to be you know that particular guy. Um, but for whatever reason, they just kind of left some of those things alone. Um, the, the walkout thing, you're right. I, I would agree. CM Punk would probably be the first one to lead that charge. But at the same time, yeah, him and Triple H, they kissed and made up a few weeks before when, uh, you know, they both realized, okay, there's somebody else pulling the strings. I don't believe it's you anymore. And that's why Nash is showing up. And that's why so-and-so's getting this text. And that's why Miz and our truth invaded the pay-per-view and, beat up half the roster inside the hell in the cell. So there's a lot of holes in, 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 the, in that in that storyline. They could have gone several different ways to, to make it very entertaining, but for whatever reason, um, whether it was either injuries or scheduling with Nash or whatever, they decided to just drop it and just kind of continue with that, that bullshit walkout. Um, yeah, and it was funny because so, yeah. I actually, I know a lot of people don't like Nash. I kind of do. I've always liked I'm, a big, I'm a big Kevin Nash fan, personally. I mean, I think for what he does, he do, does it well. I I liked that initial confrontation between Punk and him. Because I'll be honest with you, I, I mean, it's funny, but... And this is one of the reasons I like John Cena. One of the reasons I like him is because, you know... We, I mean, I do... I work out a lot. I'm I'm an amateur power lifter. I like those feats of strength. I like when I see a John Cena lift up a big show. I, I get a kick out of that. I like watching the strong guys. Um, if I ever had a criticism of, of CM Punk physically, it's that he just doesn't look like a wrestler. And I was cracking up when, you know, Kevin Nash said, why don't you shut your mouth and hit the gym and take a shower? Um, I thought that was hilarious. And oh, it's told, yeah. funny because you watch a WWE event and you scan the crowd, most people who are wearing those best-in-the-world punk T-shirts don't like they know what the inside of a gym looks like. <laughs> so I thought I thought that was hilarious. Didn't um, he also say, too, that he looked like a short order cook at a Waffle House or something like that? Yeah, he did say that. So I thought all that, like... <laughs> You know, could have worked, but it just it got disjointed. I know a lot of people didn't like it. Um, you know, and then they kind of veered it off into Nash Triple H, which I, I thought, you know, for what it was, it was a good match. Um, but the whole Punk thing coming out of uh, the Summer Punk it seemed to be a 
a little bit disjointed. Um, so it would be cool if they could start a storyline and they get uh, Triple H Punk leading up to WrestleMania. Uh, that would be neat. But I'll go right now to the phones. As someone who has been very patient on the hold for about 30 minutes. So, caller, are you there? Uh, we're here. How are you? We are here. Ken, can you hear me? I can hear you. It is Todd Evans. Hey, what's going on? How are you? All right, how are you? Doing okay. So what, are, you, are you watching the Rumble tonight? Uh, absolutely watching the Rumble. I uh, told my kids out of every event that they have on pay-per-view, I think this is probably the most exciting. Uh, you know, Yay! WrestleMania, that's my son Josh with me. <laughs> WrestleMania <laughs> is, you know, an institution, but I think the Rumble is the most exciting thing that happens uh, every year. Randy Orton! Randy Orton! <laughs> <laughs> I got to agree with you. I think... Uh, as far as all the pay-per-views go, I mean, there have been a few WrestleManias that have kind of crapped the bed. Uh, the Rumble, consistently, it's always entertaining. Um, even yeah. if the other matches aren't good, the Rumble match is always good. I mean, the Rumble, it gives you excitement every two minutes just because, you you know, who's coming next and what's going to happen when he gets in the ring. It's unexpected who comes in. Like last year, um, Diesel, Kevin Nash, and Booker T, I think, came in unexpected to all WWE superstars in the Royal Rumble. Uh, you're you're raising your child well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. Who's it, wait, who's that's Josh, right? That's Josh. Oh, what's what's Josh's pick for this year? Who's winning the Rumble? Randy Orton. Randy Orton. It's a good pick. That's, Solid pick. He's picking Randy Orton. So is my little one, Matthew, and they they love Randy Orton. But I think it's actually an interesting pick because. Uh, you know, he was out for six months. All of a sudden, he's back. You know, he's he's been out for, what, a month? He's back. Yeah. He's, you know, I'm sure going to be in it. He doesn't have a match scheduled. And uh, I think there's no doubt he's going to be at the, in the in the Rumble. And I think it would be a good capper to the story if he's out. I think they need to, uh, you know, wrap up this thing that was sort of like this uh, this weird Wade Barrett uh, conflict that got taken over by Seamus when Orton was out for a few weeks. We went to see it at Five Nights Smackdown. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're talking about what CM Punk might do at WrestleMania. And if, assuming he still has a title by then, I think Orton Punk would be an interesting matchup. That would be a cool match. I mean, they, they put a hell of a show. They put on a hell of a show. They're both fan favorites. They're both guys that do not act like they, you know, they're not good guys. They're not baby faces in in the way they present themselves. Although I know CM Punk does play to the crowd. He says he wants what's best for the WWE Universe. But they don't conduct themselves that way. And it would be an interesting match. And the, the, the kind of match they put on would be really, really good. The other thing that we were talking about, since you posted this week about uh, whether The Rock would be there, we were wondering how he might work himself into the storyline at the Rumble. And uh, how how Rock would? How yeah, what would the Rock be doing there? And uh we came up with kind of an interesting idea that uh if Cena is uh pretty much taking a pummeling at the hands of Kane, get at uh, the hands of Kane the way that uh Zack Ryder just did, would the Rock potentially come in, save Cena for the purpose of having him healthy enough to wrestle at WrestleMania. That's a very that interesting be, point. That, that's definitely an interesting point, and, and thank you for the call. 
I, I think that, yeah, I mean, that's something that would be interesting. I could see that more on, like, perhaps a, a Raw. Um, it would be interesting. I mean, it would shock the hell out of everybody if Cena was just get killed. And all of a sudden, you just hear, if you smell, and Rom's running down and gives Kane rock bottom. Um, and then you have Cena just sitting there dumbfounded, like, what what the F just happened? Um it's an interesting thing. I don't think it'll happen. Um, it would kind of be neat. Uh, it's funny that that Todd is uh, when I when we were kids, we were uh, that was where I watched pay per views. We used to all huddle around Todd's TV in his basement, and uh, uh, a bunch of friends, and usually his dad would hang out and watch uh, the wrestling pay per views uh, with us. Good memories. Thanks for the call, Todd. Uh, what do you think? I, I still like. I doubt that Rock would show up, but um, interesting thought. I do think you know he did bring up a, a cool point. I think uh, as much as I wonder where they go storyline wise, uh, Punk Randy Orton at WrestleMania would be a hell of a match. I agree, it would. I mean, we saw it last year in terms of you know CM Punk being you know the the the, the hated villain and you know Randy Orton being you know cheered by the WWE audience. Because um, I refuse to say WWE Universe, um, <laughs> <laughs> but the the, the fans, um, I it would be good. I mean, I, I I'm personally of the theory that I like to see at WrestleMania fresh matchups between guys that haven't really mixed it up, uh, or if they have, they haven't done it so often. Punk and Orton had a good run last year. Um, as far as where Randy Orton goes, um, if he were to win the Royal Rumble. Um, that'd be interesting. It's in his hometown, so he is one of the favorites from what I've been hearing. Um, but you know how Vince likes to humiliate guys in their own hometown, um, especially Jim Ross when he go to Oklahoma City. So um, I don't see Randy Orton win the Royal Rumble. It's a solid pick, but I, I, don't, I don't see it happen. I think he'll be in the title picture at WrestleMania, but it won't because he it won't be because he wins the Royal Rumble. Doesn't, doesn't it warm your heart though to just to hear someone call in with? With his son in the background, calling out wrestlers' names, and knowing that, you know, in, in a little over an hour, that the two of them will be sitting beside each other at, on the TV, watching wrestling together as father and son. That's it's my just, dream, it's, right it's there. Feel good moment. <laughs> Let's see. I'm gonna. We, have, we actually have a full bank of calls, so I'm just gonna hit the calls. Go for it. Go. Call. Are you there? Hello. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing all right. What do you got for us? Well, I just, I'll say something quick and then you can talk about it because I, I have guests arriving for our big extravaganza. So um, I would like to know your feelings on the Funkasaurus and if he is in the Rumble tonight, how long do you think it's going to take him to get down to the ring? <laughs> Somebody call my mama. <laughs> the Funkasaurus. Um... It's interesting. Uh, I don't know what to say about the Funkasaurus. I don't, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I find I, him I, funny. What? I find him funny. I mean, I, I think it's funny. Um, I don't know how, like, the longevity of the character. Um, I, I anticipate that they'll probably have to start the Rumble match, uh, maybe about fifteen, twenty minutes earlier than usual, just to make sure he's got enough time for his entrance. Um, I would not be surprised at all if he winds up being the first two, just so we get the full-on Funkasaurus 
uh, entrance. Uh, and I think he'll have a decent showing. I think it will, we'll see him eliminate a, a few guys because it seems like they're high on him. And, uh, you know, the uh, the crowd seems to like him. I, I, I just doubt the longevity of this gimmick. And I, I kind of like Brodus Clay more as a big badass. But right now, the, the gimmick is over. If I can uh, chime in for a second here, do you remember, if you remember uh, some of your call, some of the callers might, um, it was in the 2000 Royal Rumble when uh, Rikishi had entered and he had cleaned house. He threw a few guys over the top rope, and then it was, uh, I believe, um, the Too Cool Scotty Too Hotty and uh, Grandmaster Sexay, and they all did the dance, and you know the garden was popping, and you know everyone enjoyed it. Um, I could see, you know, and that was in the middle of the Rumble, too. That would, I, if I recall, it was uh, you know, quite in the middle of the Rumble. But uh, I could see Brothers Clay coming out, the whole ring stops, heels and baby faces sitting around, maybe about four or five of them in the ring, and then he maybe gets like a couple of them in the, uh, you know, in the, uh, to do the dance routine with them. And then they all team up and toss him out because he's a big guy, big threat. I can definitely see that. Let's, I'm going to keep going to the calls because we we got a, a bunch of them. Yeah, I love technology. That Facebook Are you there? really working out. Are you there? Hello. Hey, Dave. Oh, you're hey, back again. Ken Reedy Show. Yeah, they call, we'll they call you, Dave. How are you? I'm doing good. Can't complain. Um, I'm back again. Yeah, I'm back again. What can I say? It's the one way that I can um, listen to the show right now with everything going on with work. But um, you guys were talking about the Funkasaurus, and I have to admit, it's one of the, like, personally, my own personal opinion, it's one of the maybe dumbest gimmicks I've ever seen (laughs) with WWE. I don't know. I think they could do so much more with him. And it's a waste of a wrestler that, like you were saying, like, he he was a badass. They should have kept him a badass and not give him what he's doing right now. I mean, his matches, his entrance and his little winning dance is, like, 40 times as long as any of his matches. It just seems like it's a waste of talent that they have. Like, they had an extra wrestler lying around, and they're like, all right, this is what we're going to make you do now. You know, but I can understand, understand where you where you go with that theory, but you also got to look at the landscape of the big monsters that are already in the WWE. If you bring him in as a badass, he gets lost in the shuffle with Kane, who just put the mask back on. Big Show, who's the world's largest athlete. Mark Henry, who's got the Hall of Pain and has been on the roll. Brodus Clay would just get lost in the in the mix. Do I think he'll eventually go that route? Yeah, his character and, the, and the, his look and his ability in the ring is going to go a long way, and he's got that longevity where they can go that route with him. But I think that's going to happen once guys like Kane and Big Show, as they get up there in age, with, if they are, aren't already, once they step to the side, then Brodus Clay will eventually be that big dominating monster that everyone's looking for currently right now. Yeah, yeah thanks for the call again. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear what he's saying, and, and I kind of agree. Um, but it's interesting when you look back. Like, there was a time in wrestling where, you know, you had guys like, you know, Bundy and Andre and Stud and, you know, even One Man Gang and guys like all around at the same time. So, I mean, 
you could conceivably uh, make it work, but I, I get it that you know right now that Kane's the monster and, and Mark Henry's done this you know huge turnaround as, as his big badass. Um, so you kind of want to flip the script a bit with uh, Brodus Clay. I just I mean I was looking forward to him really coming out and, and kicking ass as a tough guy. Um, the interesting thing is what the hell happened to Alex Riley? I mean this guy was you know I thought he was on the verge of being pretty popular, maybe, you know, in line to win one of those uh, small belts, maybe the U.S. champ or IC champ or even a co-holder of a tag championship, and now he's just a squash for the Funkasaurus. Um, are we are we looking at Alex Riley uh, perhaps in the year 2012, future endeavored? Um, I can see the possibility of that if they want to clean up on payroll, uh, if they're looking to, you know, bring up some of the younger guys from Florida Championship Wrestling. But um, he's got a good look. He can talk. He's uh, not so bad in the ring. Um, I mean, there's there's points where they take some guys and they'll push them and then they'll do nothing with them for a while and then they'll bring them back. Maybe Riley's in this period where, you know, he's going to go for a while where he's, you know, nowhere seen, and if he is seen, it's on the losing end of a, you know, a match. Um, hell, look at Drew McIntyre. They've been doing a storyline with him for the past month and a half of, well, about this losing streak, and he was nowhere to be found on television for, you know, yeah, that's I a, would that, dare say, that I would dare say near past last year's WrestleMania. That storyline's weak, though. I mean, it's, who we might fire you. Uh, no, you lost again. Well, all right, we might fire you. Now. Oh, wait, wait. No, we're not going to fire you. But if you lose this time, we might... Ah, no, we won't fire you again. The storyline's getting a, a little played out. I'm going to go to the phone lines. How you doing, caller? Uh, yes, this is Tony from Dallas. How you doing, Tony? From, wow, we're out in Dallas. How you doing? Dallas, Texas. I'm right. out on a world class. Alicia, I have a question for you. I want to know if, the, if you think uh, Maven will be making an appearance tonight because his last appearance at a rumble, he actually is still a legal man. And I want to know if he's going to actually make an appearance, you think, at this one. Is Maven going to make a surprise appearance today at WrestleMania? And, Tony, thank you for the call. Maven tonight at WrestleMania, at Royal Rumble. Um, I think the last time he was in the Rumble, he uh, was never officially eliminated. Um, so that he's still correct. legal. Um, <laughs> who knows? It's the 25th anniversary. Does Maven show up tonight? I, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I would have to agree with you. That, that's a that's a pretty damn funny question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love, you know, I'd love to see. You know, what's funny. I thought Maven actually had some talent. I was like, you know what, this kid maybe, you know, maybe he goes somewhere in the business. I go figure what. He, he he could talk so well now. He's a host on the, on like the QVC or the Home Shopping Network or something. I think he's over there. Uh, I, I, Is it really that's good I, for him? Yeah, yeah he's so, I mean, on his feet. His I talking and wrestling helped him, you know, get a, get him a job selling you know overpriced watches and fucking you know uh, Sam Wow rags and shit like that. But I did not yeah. think we'd be doing the Royal Rumble 2012 pregame and we'd be discussing the career of Maven. Maybe, wow. maybe for the rest of the pregame show, Simon Dean will come up. <laughs> Are you there, caller? Dad, you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. How you doing? Hey, it's Steve in Niagara, New York. What's going on, buddy? Not much. How you doing, Steve? 
Good, good. Listen, uh, I just wanted to compliment the show. You guys uh, do an incredible job. Um, I guess you could say I'm like a casual fan. I, I, I kind of got back into wrestling recently, but I'll tell you, listening to your show, um, I, it gets me psyched for it. I mean, I'm actually headed over to my buddy's house right now with a couple of Natty Lights, and uh, we're getting ready to watch the Rumble tonight. And uh, I just, you get the guys do a great job, man. I just want to tell you that. And I had a couple questions. Um, I love Cena as a possible heel. I know you guys probably don't think it will ever happen. Do you think it will work? Could it work? Merchandising, I know the kids would be rough. Also, how about Undertaker facing Kane? Kane goes crazy. He's taking out everyone, seeing all that stuff. What do you think the likelihood of that is? I'll let you go. You guys answer the question. Great job. Keep it up. Thank Thanks you. Thanks a lot, man. That's cool. That was a great call. Well, it's always a great call when you're getting compliments. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, interesting speculation. And I, and I think, honestly, that Steve is obviously a genius because he's he's pointing out how great the show is. So, um, he knows as far as stuff. Tina... His parents raised him well. Yeah. <laughs> Please call again soon, Steve. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly think, I, I mean, I think, now, I don't think it's going to happen. First of all, I think that the most we're going to get, which is a better Cena, is is a very intense Cena. Um, and I've always thought that Cena kind of loses it a little bit when he's a little too corny. Uh, that's what kills Cena's character. When you get intense, it works because he's a beast. He he may be honestly. If you think about go go back in history, pound for pound, he might be the strongest wrestler. Pound for pound. I mean, I, I know they list him, I think, it, at like 240, 250. I don't think he's probably much more than 230, 235. And he's putting yeah. Big Show on his back. In fact, he put Big Show and Edge on his back once. Um, so I think intense Cena works. I think heel Cena could work if done the right way. Again, I don't think they're going to do it. Um, but I, I think it, it definitely could work going uh, heel Cena. I think also they, they miss the boat sometimes with uh, merchandising because, uh, yeah, it might be tough with the kids, but you'll have other – I can't tell you how many adult wrestling fans that, that I know from the ages of early 20s on up to into their 40s that have said to me, if Cena turns heel, I'm – the first shirt that comes out while seen as a heel. So, you know, you might lose a little bit of that hid wanting the merchandise, but, you know, how many 7, 8, 9, 10-year-olds have disposable income? You know, you're going to have the the adults of the world saying, you know, the adult wrestling fans say they want the Cena shirt. So, you might lose a little on one end. You might gain a little bit on the other end. So, I don't know. I'd like to see a heel turn, but I don't think it's going to happen. What do you think about that? I, I would have to, I would have to agree with you. Um, the uh, here's the thing: for years, he's been going into arenas, and for the most part, he's got that seventy thirty split. The thirty percent is the children, and and the young girls, the teenage girls that are in awe of him, and the seventy percent is the eighteen to you know, 25 demographic of uh, young males that um, don't, that, that feel that the character has been um, pushed down our throats on television. And he's gone into arenas where they've booed him out of the building. And C 
Jeans that it's The Rock's big return, one-on-one match, WrestleMania in his hometown of Miami. Um, I, I think, I think the company is afraid to turn him heel in the sense that the whole place is going to boo him out of that stadium. There's going to be, there's going to be more noise in that stadium than there is at the Miami Dolphins game, that, that and the Dolphins play in that stadium. And I think that they're afraid that the overpowering negativity that's going to go towards him in that match is going to turn off even the younger audience who's like, well, everybody else hates John Cena, so now I guess we got to hate him too. And I think they want to go, I think they want to put John Cena on the same uh, playing field as The Rock, be edgy. Um, you saw that, you know, Lou Ferrigno, Incredible Hulk stare he had at the end of that segment on Monday night. Um, he looked like he was <laughs> he looked like he was constipated. Um, yeah, I don't see a full-fledged heel turn. Plus, he's coming, you know, he's going to be there the next day after WrestleMania. Granted, The Rock might show up after that, but, you know, for the foreseeable future, John Cena's the guy. So I think John Cena's going to be a more edgier character, and he's not going to play to the audience, so to speak, and come up with the whole, you know, tell poop jokes and stuff like that and, you know, make the kids laugh. That's not going to happen anymore once WrestleMania comes around and even after that. I think they want to keep him on a level playing field with The Rock, be as edgy, as, try to be as edgy as The Rock, because, I, like I said, nobody could touch The Rock on the microphone. Um, so I don't see a heel turn in the future for John Cena personally. The problem is that I don't understand it, though, because everybody, everyone does it. Like, you have to. I mean, look, I everybody knows, everyone who's listening to this show knows that Hulk Hogan's the greatest of all time, according to me. I am a tried-and-true Hulkamaniac. Um, but I'll be the first to admit that at the end of his run in the WWE and the beginning of his WCW run, he was stale. He was big-time stale. In fact, and we'll talk about it probably in a little bit, but we'll see where the phone calls go. But in the 1992 Royal Rumble, which a lot of people think is the greatest rumble of all time when you look at the the list of of people that were in that role um and in that rumble hogan had a, a kind of an underhanded way of eliminating psycho sid and people booed hogan when that happened sid was kind of over with the crowd uh there was kind of some jawing going back and forth with with hogan and, and sid and people booed hogan when he eliminated Sid. And and the whole thing, the Hulkamania thing, had gotten stale at the end of his WWE run. It, it was stale when he got to WCW. And the NWO, when he turned, really resurrected the whole Hogan thing. And then when he went back to the ring yellow, well, oh my God, that was the greatest thing that ever happened. So, that I mean, that's, that's essentially when you look at John Cena... At some point, maybe not now, maybe they're not going to go with it now. Maybe they're going to keep the way it, way it is and go with status quo. But at some point, I mean, don't you think they have to? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you in that sense, but they also have to find somebody who is equally as popular as him on that level. Somebody that, you know, sells as much merchandise and gets as much television ratings during their segments as he does. Um, one guy in particular I could see on that level of John Cena, he's not there yet, and he's got his own little core niche of an audience, is Randy Orton. 
Um, Randy Orton just gets about just as many uh, pops as John Cena does, um, if not more. Um, sells much merchandise. The ratings are pretty good on uh, during his segments, his matches. Um, they, they would have to have somebody that is just like completely on his level as far as popularity goes um, from a financial standpoint to put John Cena in a different role, mainly as a you know hated villain. Um, and I don't really see that right now. That's a good point. And the, the problem is also you don't have a lot of, you know, John Cena which might be part of his detriment right now. Uh, you know, might be one of the only, I shouldn't say one of the only, but he's a top, like he's a true face in the truest sense of a baby face. Uh, a guy, as, as our caller Todd brought it up uh, before, you know, guys like CM Punk and, uh, you know, Randy Orton, yeah, they're faces because they get cheered. But the persona is not face-like. You know, when Randy Orton is giving an RKO to, uh, you know, everybody in the ring, you know, Stone Cold Randy Orton uh, is giving everyone the RKO, uh, that's, that's, that's the anti-hero kind of thing. Um, so guys yeah. like him and, and Punk, they're getting cheered, which puts them in that, that category, oh, well, he's a face. Um, and they put him, they put those guys against heels. Uh, but... John Cena has the unenviable task of being a true face, which in, in today's day and age is, uh, you know, to some kind of boring. Yeah, I, 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 I completely agree with you there. Let me just interject one point. I read an article on um, ESPN.com a few weeks back, and they talked about um, the popularity of John Cena and his worth, his, his, his value to the company. Um, pay-per-view buy rates, in terms of pay-per-view buy rates, um, live event revenue, television ratings, um, the whole nine yards, John Cena is worth $106 million to wow. the WWE. $106 million. You count in, like I said, pay-per-view buy rates, uh, I know, live event revenue, um, advertising, marketing, everything. His name, his, his name value is $106 million. And I think that's what Vince really looks at in terms of, you know, should we turn him heel? The crowd's booing him, but the advertisers, the marketing, every, it's all about John Cena. That's so, all I mean, don't fix it category. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a good point. You know, the, the, the bottom line is, is the dollar signs. And as much as wrestling fans might be bored with what we're getting of John Cena, um, the bottom line is is still holding true, and why take that chance? Uh, you know, and and again, it's funny with wrestling fans because most wrestling fans, you know, I, I think most hardcore wrestling fans, real wrestling fans, even all the John Cena haters out there, and there are a lot, and it's mostly the the older grizzled. Well, back I watched it when there was blood and guts. You wouldn't have a John Cena. Those type of wrestling fans. Um, would still take John Cena every week as opposed to no wrestling at all. Oh, yeah. Most wrestling fans, we'd all rather bad wrestling than no wrestling. We'll take a bad Monday Night Raw rather than Monday Night Raw going off the air. Um, and I think a lot of wrestling fans, we, we get off on kind of complaining about it. Let's face it, we do. That's why we have podcasts and satellite radio shows and what have you to talk about 
how much better we know than them. Yeah. Let's go to the phone lines. Caller, are you there? Hello? Hey, how are you? Hey, Ken, what's going on? Not much. you doing? Doing good. Um, just uh, listening to the conversation here, and I'm enjoying it very much, I have to say. This is uh, Bob, your pal from Soft, by the way. Just so you hey, know. how you doing, Bob? <laughs> doing good. Um, uh, I was just really thinking that tonight, I know some of the callers earlier um, were talking about how, uh, or maybe it was your co-host, I'm not sure who, talked about how they would really, wasn't sure that Randy Orton was going to win tonight because of how Vince likes to, you know, screw over guys in their hometown. Um, that's the difference between Randy Orton and Jim Ross is Jim Ross is just an announcer to Vince. Randy Orton's one of his meal tickets. And I think it's very good that, you know, Randy might not win, but they're not going to make him look really bad in front of his hometown man. That's a good point. Another meal yeah, ticket. Yeah, no, I, agree. I, I agree with you there. Um, you know, the only reason why I brought the Jim Ross parallel, you know, into the conversation was, you know, that was just the first name that popped up. But, um, I mean, the obvious choice is Randy Orton, but to me, Randy Orton doesn't need a Royal Rumble win. He's already a big enough star. He's won the Royal Rumble before. He's already a big enough star where he doesn't need that win to catapult him. He can find other ways to 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 get into involved in the uh, the, the title picture heading into WrestleMania. Bob, who do you think wins the Rumble? I think that tonight is going to be. This is the scenario I would like, really like to see play out. I want to see Chris Jericho win the Royal Rumble, and when he wins the Rumble, take the mic and say, I've already been the Undisputed World Champion. I don't need to wrestle for the world title at WrestleMania. What I want to do is I want to face The Undertaker. You stole my theory. God damn it. I was just <laughs> going to say that. <laughs> great minds think alike. Great minds think alike. Oh, man. That's the only, That's the one scenario that has never happened with the Royal Rumble, and I want somebody to do it so bad. Because everybody says at WrestleMania the title matches are great, but the streak is everything. Why doesn't somebody take the Royal Rumble and say, I don't want the title shot. I've been the champion. I want the streak. That's the big uh, carrot dangling out there. Yeah, it's a great You're idea. A and, you know, he said he's going to change everything. So it would... It would uh... You know, makes sense, and then and then you have you open it up for another storyline. Who gets that, that other kill shot? Which and maybe they think that's something at the elimination chamber. Okay, the elimination chamber is coming up, so that's probably the perfect way to do it. Whoever wins the elimination chamber gets the world title shot. Excellent point, Bob. Thank you for the call. Enjoy your rumble tonight. Yeah, man. You too. All right. Well, that's that's a cool theory. Obviously, there's someone else had that theory as well. <laughs> yeah, that that, that that was where I was going with towards later in the conversation. That was actually going to be um, how I would have booked the Royal Rumble, especially with Jericho's return recently, was to have him come out. Exact same thing, like word for word, just what he said. I can't, well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the, another phone call while we go. And then thank you all for the calls. Again, keep them coming in, 347-838-9815. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five today. We have had a full bank of calls, and I cannot thank you guys enough for calling. So we're going to go right out to the phones again. And caller, are you there? Yeah, what's up, Ken? How are you? What's up? Yeah, somebody had tweeted that you had a wrestling podcast, and 
Actually, they tweeted the tweet that you sent to John Cena. They retweeted it. All right. <laughs> they, said, uh, they said, hey, John, how about a retweet? Uh, yeah, I don't think John retweeted it, but at least someone saw it. Let me stop you there. If, if, or interject, rather. If these guys are smart, they're missing the boat. They would have some some director of social media that, you know, that can, you know, send out an intelligent response to something like that. But, no, these people don't get it yet. But <laughs> my question, and you bring up a good point about John Cena, but going into WrestleMania, they've said The Rock's going to make three appearances at Raw in March. So, I mean, that's right around the corner. So, how do you see this Kane Cena thing affecting this Rock matchup? This that's got to be some. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of bizarre. How how Cena's mindset is going to enter this match? How do you see this this going? Um, it's it's a good question, and then thanks a lot for the phone call. Um, I don't like. We can get into this match. I mean, I have this, you know scheduled for later on, but you know, so the callers dictate. Um, Cena Kane. It's interesting. I kind of see it going as a squash for Cena. I I think Cena is going to kill Kane. Cena is going to fully, quote unquote, embrace the hate, and I think we're going to see a very intense, um, very violent Cena tonight. What do you think, Dave? Um, yeah, I would have to agree with you. Um, I think we'll see some sort of disqualification finish where um, either John Cena just goes crazy and he, like, gives Kane, you know, the, the attitude adjustment through the announce table or maybe, like, on the set or on the concrete floor. Or um, something that we really haven't seen in quite a while in wrestling is that, you know, the two of them are just beating the crap out of each other in this match to the point where um, the referee can't control it. The referee throws it out. They get the, you know, more referees come out. They Cena and Kane, you know, start tossing them out of the ring, and you even get some of the undercard wrestlers who, you know, are, are backstage to try and break it up, and then you really see that, you know, um, that 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 hatred that John Cena has, that, and you can almost like see Kane staring off in the corner, just laughing. He's like, "All right, I got now. He understands it. Now he gets it." And then maybe you do a blow-off match with the two of them at, at, you know, Elimination Chamber one more time or or throw the two of them in the Chamber match. There's also one thing that we forgot to mention that a lot of wrestling fans um, have been bringing up online, and some of our callers haven't, but um, it's it's probably in the back of everyone's mind. John Cena did state that he wanted to go to WrestleMania as the WWE champion and face The Rock because it would mean that much more to have that match be for the WWE Championship. Right. Um, personally, I don't think that match needs the title, but um, what if, you know, Cena embraces the hate so much that, uh, granted, you know, he doesn't win the Royal Rumble, but maybe he'll, uh, you know, try and uh, win the Chamber and maybe the title next month. And, you know, that's another direction they can go with it. Um, and then we have like a, a very violent, angsty uh, Cena going into the Elimination Chamber, um, you know, which is supposed to be a, a violent match. And again, the, the PG rating, no blood kind of thing uh, hurts it in that match, at least in my opinion. But it's still a violent match, um, you know, to get a, a very intense uh, John Cena at, at the uh, Elimination Chamber. Um, you know what? I'm thinking when we get into a little bit, some history. I'm going to play, I'm going to take a little break, 
play a little bit, and then we're going to talk uh, history and get into the uh, Rumble pay-per-view. We'll be back after this. And after the sorting, the belt, the proclaiming the real world champion, I'm going to tell you all, with a tear in my eye, this is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. And this is the only title in the wrestling world that makes you number one when you are the king of the WWF. You rule the world. Think about it like that, Mr. Purpose.
that made it so special. And of course, Flair being the you know the the, the worker that he is, the, the the Iron Man, so to speak. He was the one that really set the tone for um, for guys in the Rumble match, not necessarily having to win the match, but to have a good showing. Granted, he did win the match and put on a uh, incredible performance, um, and it also changed the concept up a little bit of the Rumble. Before that, the Royal Rumble just was you know a, a, a battle royal that guys won, and you just put it on your resume. He won the WWF Championship in the Royal Rumble, and he really made it feel that much more important as uh, to head towards future Royal Rumbles. Um, in my opinion, that's the greatest Rumble of all time with the names alone in it. Yeah, I mean, when I when I went through it, and I, and I watched part of it uh, recently, and I was, uh, you know, when I really just went through, like, the list of names in the Rumble, um, it, it's kind of staggering. You know, it's just a, a who's who uh, in, in wrestling history going through uh, the names that were in that Rumble. And it, it's I'd be hard-pressed to, uh, you know, pick another one that I, I would say was, was the best of, of all time. You know, uh, a few years back when, uh, you know, the last two guys were Michaels and uh, Undertaker, uh, it was a great ending. Great ending. It was almost like you felt like you got a, a bonus match uh, at the end of the Rumble. Um, yeah. But I, I still, I, I'd have to go with 1992 being the my favorite and probably the best Royal Rumble match ever. I loved in that promo how uh, Gene, Gene Okerlund uh, <laughs> put that cigarette out. I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, it's you know the thing that's that's really sad when you listen to that promo is, you know, I mean not I mean had a great announcer who could carry an interview, uh, a great manager in Heenan, uh, a great sidekick valet, whatever you want to call Mister Perfect at that time, exactly um, and then the consultant. That's right, consultant, and then you got Ric Flair, one of the best ever on the mic. I mean, you, you had four guys uh, in one promo that really can hold their own in a promo. Um, you know, it's. I mean, it's funny right now. It might be hard to think of four guys on the entire roster that you could say, these guys are great at pros. Um, and and I, that, that to me is one of my favorite promos. I know Flair's got a ton of them. Uh, but, I, you know, when he starts off with, with a tear... In my eye, um, it's just—it's a great promo. It was a great event. Uh, you know, Flair winning the WWF title for the first time. Um, it was just—it was a great moment, uh, and it'd it be hard pressed to think of any any other Royal Rumble that uh, would be better than than that. You know, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, Rumble's one of the big four. A lot of history uh, surrounding the Royal Rumble, and. Uh, you know, look forward to the Big Four, and, and to me, it's it's probably consistently the best of the Big Four. Yeah, I would have to agree. I'd say SummerSlam's are pretty good, too. Um, yeah, Royal Rumble, like you said earlier, you, you can have a couple of bad matches on the undercard, but the Rumble match is always going to be entertaining, with the exception of one year, um, the 1995 Royal Rumble. The undercard matches were pretty good. The Rumble match itself, in my opinion, was terrible. That was the year that Shawn Michaels went number one and went the distance, was the first guy to do it. Um, if you go back and watch that Rumble and, you you know, set your watch, that match only went 45 minutes. 
And the reason why it went 45 minutes was because there was only one-minute intervals in between each entry into the Royal Rumble, not like the minute and a half or two minutes that have gone on in previous years and, uh, you know, currently now. So they kind of over overplay that Royal Rumble only for the simple fact that Shawn Michaels went number one. He was the first guy to do it. But there wasn't, other than him, there was like three other guys in that Royal Rumble who had a chance at winning it. Davey Boy Smith, Lex Luger, and Owen Hart. Everybody else was like a hodgepodge of guys like the Bushwhackers and um, Tatanka and like, uh, you know, Bastion Booger. And, <laughs> you know, I could, I could go on the list of, you know, the the, the, the characters that, you know, were in that Royal Rumble. But uh, it, that was a very uneventful Royal Rumble, other than the fact that Shawn Michaels went number one and went the distance to win the whole thing. It's a good point. I agree with you. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, part of the drama of it is is having uh, a little more time between uh, competitors. Uh, one minute, it's you know, and then what? What's the big deal? You know, last, so you lasted forty five minutes. I mean, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have the cachet or the drama uh, that other and eliminations were so quick too. That was the other thing about it. Eliminations were so quick. You you know, once you were in there, you you maybe spent two or three minutes in the ring and then you were gone until the next set of guys came in. So it didn't really feel, it almost felt like a Shawn Michaels exhibition match. And I love Shawn Michaels, one of my all-time favorites, but that was not his best performance. <laughs> yeah, he's over, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Another day for that conversation, my friend. Another day. Another yeah, so day. This is the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Why don't we get into some of the matches uh, on the undercard tonight? Let's Let's get into some... Speculation. We didn't hit on it at all today. So, uh, Brian versus uh, Daniel Bryan versus Big Show versus Mark Henry. Um, it's interesting because I, I am not the biggest fan of, of the the smaller guys having the, the big belts, um, but I like the fact that they they turned Daniel Bryan heel. Uh, he's he's kind of a bit of a dick, uh, which is kind of cool. I think it works for him. As uh, much as they they kind of build this as you know, oh my God, they're putting the, these two behemoths in a cage with little Daniel Bryan. Um, if this was all real, the cage match would probably be the best match for a Daniel Bryan because you can win by escaping. Uh, yeah. So I, I see. I am seeing for me picking this match. I see Daniel Bryan. Uh, winning this match uh, by escaping. He's not going to get either one of these big motherfuckers to submit, or he's not going to pin either one of them. Uh, it should be a fairly entertaining match. I'm actually uh, looking forward to seeing Daniel Bryan thrown around quite a bit. I think there's going to be a a few moments in this match where there's some feats of strength where Daniel Bryan's just being tossed across the ring. And who knows? Maybe we have a, a kind of a scenario where... Daniel Bryan is actually thrown through the ring, and the ring gives way, and he lands on the outside, and he winds up being by accident, a la uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin getting thrown through the cage by Kane uh, a while back. Um, what are your thoughts on this match? Um, I can see that scenario going. I do see Daniel Bryan winning, but I see it going in a different path. There's a couple scenarios that can go with it. At first this week, I thought that Daniel Bryan will somehow escape the cage at the same time that Big Show pins Mark Henry because you can also win by pinfall, too, as well. Um, but then I thought about this, and 
there's that AJ factor. And she hasn't been on television, and she was taken out by Big Show accidentally um, in their world title match a few weeks ago. And if you remember going back, there was a promo in the backstage area where she said, you know, I love you. I'm so happy that you're the world champion. You know, I'm just really concerned for your safety out there with a guy his size, but I'll do anything to help you out in any way I can. And she kind of put herself in harm's way to have the match stopped. Um, albeit by the viewer's point of view, unintentional. But I think that that part, that that, that particular incident where Big Show knocked her over was a part of a, uh, a a bigger plan. I think she'll make her return tonight. And Big Show or Mark Henry, whichever one, it could work for either or, tries to escape the cage by going out the door, and she shows up, slams the door shut in their face, most likely Big Show, because Big Show's the one that took her out, and uh, Daniel Bryan somehow escapes, and it turns out that that whole thing was a big ruse all along, that she wasn't really hurt, and, you know, she uh, she did this to kind of help Daniel Bryan, and they kind of give her an edgier side. She's not that bubblegum diva that, you know, everyone has seen her to become and since she's been on television. So I see, like, an AJ heel turn and turn Daniel Bryan become, like, this, not a power couple, but they're both, you know, this really cements his heel turn and having her involved in it as well. So I see Daniel Bryan leaving the Royal Rumble with the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, yeah, I, I, I see it. So, I mean, they, they wouldn't have built him up all tournaments to have him drop the belt uh, this quickly. Uh, I think they're hot on him. Um, you know, like I've always said, and, and that's the thing with, with, you know, it all comes back to Cena. But that's the thing with Cena. Um, when it comes to wrestling, the, the kiss of death is no reaction. If they're cheering you or booing you, that's great, as long as the crowd's reacting to you. And right now, the crowd the crowd hates Daniel Bryan, and that's a good thing. I mean, he's a, he's a true heel right now, and you don't have a lot of that because a lot of heels are kind of cool, so some people cheer him. Uh, for the most part, Daniel Bryan is, is kind of a dick, and uh, people are hating him, and people are booing him. So, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, that does, uh, that will definitely facilitate the heat, having uh, AJ kind of turn as well and, and have a, a quote-unquote power couple. Uh, I think that would definitely work well with the, the two of them. Um, and, and, you know, you got to look at, you know, he's kind of being one of the Camps. He has yet to really win a match clean. You know, they, they've set him up as, as that champ. He, he cashes in money in the bank uh, on an unconscious, basically, big show. Um, he wins. He beats McHenry, or did he even win that match? Well, he retreats during the Lumberjack match. Uh, yeah, I think it was a brawl, and he walked out. Yeah, so, I mean, he really has yet to you know, beat any of these guys in, in the number one contendership kind of realm uh, clean. So you, you kind of have this this Weasley kind of champ that, uh, you know, is, is going to continue to weasel his way uh, to, to hold on to this, this championship belt, um, which for me, it works to a certain extent because, again, like I said, I'm not a big fan of the smaller guys having the big belts. When you have a smaller guy kind of weaseling his way around winning, um, it, it kind of makes the character work for me. Yeah, so I, I agree. I think we're in agreement. Um, again, if you'd like to 
Get your calls in. Get your predictions in. 347-838-9815. Then again, 347-838-9815. Actually, I'm going to go to the phone right now. Here we go. Uh, Caller, are you there? Hello? Going once, going twice. All right. Back to the show. So we're all in agreement here. Let's go to the championship match. Punk Ziggler with special guest referee, John Laurinaitis. Uh, what do you think about this match? Um, that could go a few different ways, but now that we all know the intentions of a John Laurinaitis wanting to screw CM Punk out of the WWE Championship, I think it's quite obvious that that won't happen now. Um and with the with the recent announcement of, as of last Monday that Triple H will be returning tomorrow night to Monday Night Raw to evaluate John Laurinaitis's uh, job as the interim general manager of Monday Night Raw, um, I don't see Punk losing the championship. And the sad thing about this storyline is, is that they put the focus on Laurinaitis and Punk when they really haven't put enough focus on Dolph Ziggler. I like the fact that he kind of got his heat back uh, Monday night and they closed out the show with the credits rolling with him standing tall over Punk. And, you know, he's a serious threat to Punk. But um, I think I think Warren Itis, there's going to be some shoddy calling in the match. It's going to get people questioning. And I think... I think Laurinaitis is going to make a pinfall on Ziggler to reward Punk as a champion that he's not going to want to do. He's going to be very reluctant to do it. But he's going to have no choice because he's probably afraid that if you were to screw CM Punk, that Triple H shows up tomorrow night and, you know, his that job evaluation is out the window. He just gets fired. Um, so I could see CM Punk winning the WWE Championship. Another thing I could see happening is maybe Laurinaitis possibly – unintentionally screwing CM Punk, like if Ziggler gets a pin and Punk's foot is on the rope but Laurinaitis doesn't see it, and the replay shows it, and then he goes back and sees the replay and is like, oh, shit, like, I didn't mean to screw him, you know? Um, and then Ziggler wins the belt. But I don't think Ziggler is... I think there's so much going on for Wrestle, with WrestleMania coming up for, Dolph, for a guy like Dolph Ziggler to have a run as WWE champion. I think that's for a later date. See, for my mind right now, I think I, Ziggler's the best in the business for me. I think he's right the now. best. Yeah, I agree with you. We've talked about this before. Yeah, I, I think he's incredible. And I, and to me, what makes him great, like he's got the look. Uh, the guy can go. He can talk. And the, the great thing about it, you know, nowadays, like we said before about, you know, some guys can talk, most can't. Uh, right now, the the duo because he can talk. So the fact that like he can talk, and then you pair him with a Vicky, the guy's a heat magnet. I mean, yeah. just everything about him just screams heel. Sit right down to his hashtag heel shirts. Um, it's a great pairing, two of them. Um, and his work in the ring is unbelievable. Uh, what he can do in the ring is probably better than maybe anyone in the business right now. And what I think sets him apart from other wrestlers in the business right now is the way he can make other people look good. Uh, he sells the shit out of other guys' moves. I mean, I think he's a guy that he can make me look good in the ring. If we got in the ring together, 
he would make me look good. And I've never set foot in a wrestling ring uh, in an athletic capacity. And I feel like Ziggler could make me look good. He sells the shit out of everybody's move. And, uh, I, I, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have a bad match. Um, and I anticipate this being a very, very good match tonight. Uh, however, I will differ with you. I think Laurinaitis, in some way, shape, or form, will screw over Ziggler. And it might be a transitional kind of thing. We might see Ziggler drop the belt at the Elimination Chamber um, in some way, shape, or form. But for my money, I am seeing Ziggler walking out of the event today, tonight with the WWE or yeah, WWE Championship. That is my I, yeah, I, that, 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 That's a good pick. I, I, like I said, I could agree with you on that in some ways. But, uh, you know, we also got to remember, too, um, as we segue into now we're, you know, the, the Royal Rumble match itself, um, every single superstar and diva are eligible for this match. That's including the world champions. So who's to say that the retaining world champion decides that he wants to enter the Royal Rumble match? Exactly. Ziggler was on Busted Open the other day, and uh, Ziggler actually said, uh, how great would it be if I was the first guy to win the championship, go into the Rumble as the champion, and then win the Rumble? So he did mention something like that. And do you have a scenario where he wins the belt, loses the belt that Elimination Chamber, but then after Elimination Chamber says, I won the Rumble, so I want you at WrestleMania, whoever happens to have the strap at that time. That's, uh, a, that's, you know, a, that's a very good scenario. Uh, perhaps they go in that direction, but he did say that uh, when he was interviewed on Friday on uh, Sirius M's Busted Open. So uh, we could have a scenario like that. If, if there's any guy who you know, physically could pull it off, it, it'd be Ziggler. Um, I'm not so sure if I if I believe if I, I you know it'd be great I think it would work well I don't know if I see him winning both I, I would be more apt to see Ziggler win the title and then Punk turn around and win the Rumble um, yeah but I, I I do see Ziggler coming out of this match as uh, the WWE champion he will be a transitional champion uh, there's no doubt in my mind whether it's the Elimination Chamber or uh, at a Raw event, I as much as I would bet right now that I'm putting Ziggler uh, with the strap, I would bet an equal amount of money that he's not walking into WrestleMania with the strap. Good point. Good point. What now? Another scenario that we could you know run by the champion, whoever, you know, whether it be Daniel Bryan, whoever. Um, walk into the Royal Rumble with CM Punk, or even if Dolph Ziggler were to do the same thing, what if they go into the Royal Rumble, enter the Rumble, have a fairly decent showing, but somebody throws them out? And this person doesn't necessarily have to win the Royal Rumble. This person can throw out the champ, and let's say, for instance, if Daniel Bryan were to enter the Royal Rumble after he retained his title, to really, you know, add more heat to that persona, and let's say he eliminates a Sheamus, and then Randy Orton tosses Daniel Bryan over the top rope. And then let's say right after that, Barrett tosses Orton. Well, Orton can lay claim, I threw out the world heavyweight champion, so I should get a title shot at WrestleMania. Yeah, well, it, what about that? Point. I mean, it definitely, I think it would work. I mean, something's going to happen. And it's funny because, you know, the big thing this year, 
every WWE superstar is eligible, which, you know, because every year it's the biggest in history. Last year it was 40 guys, so it's the biggest in history. Next year they'll come up with some other shit to make it the biggest in history. You know, every event, every this year. This year they're going to let a fan enter the Royal Rumble. That's what I'm saying. If they want to really change this concept up, they better let some regular Joes like you and I enter the Royal Rumble. I don't care about you for a second. You can throw me out. You know, I'll break the Morello record. <laughs> that'd be awesome. A, a drawing, you know, a, a raffle of some sort. You know, you you enter on WWE.com and some lucky fan gets to be number thirty in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah. that'd be, you know what? I will sign whatever goddamn waivers the WWE wants me to sign. Whatever you get, a team of lawyers. I will sign every piece of paper to make sure that the WWE is not liable so I could be in the Rumble match and just get my ass kicked like a minute and a half and get thrown over the top rope. They would be, you're right. That would make, you know, see, that's why we should be working for the WWE. <laughs> that would make, <laughs> yeah. we, we would make it the biggest Rumble ever. Hey, but, in the NFL, they wouldn't contest, you know, the fans wouldn't contest to go stand on the sidelines with the football players. How dangerous is that if somebody throws a sideline pass and it misses, and then, you know, the receiver falls right in front of your lap, he's, you know, 350 pounds or 225 pounds with shoulder pads on. That's pretty dangerous, you know. I'll sign any goddamn waiver they want to, you know. As long as I get to get thrown out, you know, over the top rope and both feet hit the floor, I'm good. Excellent <laughs> points. So, I mean, it's funny because as much as they're saying this year that every superstar is, is eligible to be in the Rumble, <laughs> I, I didn't know that superstars were not eligible in the past. So it, it yeah, was yeah that's like, another thing, too. Like, <laughs> what are they, like, people? I mean, the fucking man would show up out of nowhere and enter the Royal Rumble. I didn't, you know, Kevin Ness was, was uh, you know, in TNA, and he shows up as Diesel. And I, I didn't know that there were people that were not eligible. But whatever, this year, everyone's eligible, which means it's going to be some sort of swerve involved. Some, they're going to, they made it a point to put that out there, which means there's going to be something. There's There's got to be something to, you know, for, you know, uh, Lawler to come out and say, well, they said every superstar was eligible, and here come blah, 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 you know. Um, so I agree with you. I think that we're going to have someone, uh, one of the world champions, if not both, uh, enter the Royal Rumble. And who knows? Maybe we have someone with a strap win Rumble, and after the Rumble, they get to pick who they're going to defend against. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they have a scenario where they put that, that contendership uh, on the line at some point. Who knows? Uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways they can go, but I, I, they have to. They made it such a point to say, you know, everyone's eligible. They're going to do something with that. Um, and we got about ten minutes left, so if you want to get uh, last-minute phone calls in for predictions and opinions, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. Again, that number to call three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. We got more match in the undercard and. We kind of hit on it briefly before, and I said I'm I'm looking at Cena, kind of in a squash, uh, racing the hate, so to speak. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, is, is there any way Kane wins this match tonight? Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's where they're where they're really focusing on the story. Um, like I said, I I see some sort of finish with a, a disqualification of some sorts. The two of them, the referee can't control them. You know, they're, they're back and forth. They're beating the crap out of each other. It may set up another match down the line. Or, or Cena, you know, 
gives him an attitude adjustment through a table, he gets disqualified or use a chair or, you know, I can even see, like, another idea that just popped up in my head. If you remember the 2007 Royal Rumble, uh, John Cena defended the WWE Championship against uh, Umaga in a last man standing match, and he used the ring ropes to choke him out as a part of his STFU finisher. Um, So I could see maybe John Cena doing something like that with Kane, and then Kane's, you know, out cold, referee calls the bell, Cena's declared the winner, and Kane wakes up, and, you know, they show Cena walking out back to the, you know, locker room, slapping high fives with all 12 of his fans, and Kane just gets up, and he's got this big smirk on his face, like, okay, job well done. I, I accomplished what I needed, you know. He, he's he got that in him, you know. He's got that hate in him now. Um, I mean, it, who knows? That, 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 that match to me is... Uh, you know, everyone's looking more forward towards Rock and Cena at WrestleMania. They're not really looking forward. This is just, you know, something for John Cena to do until he gets to WrestleMania. Um, and another thing, too, is granted every superstar is eligible. Is he going to be, are those two guys going to be in the Royal Rumble? You know, is Cena going to be so filled up with hate that he doesn't want to enter the Royal Rumble? I mean, who knows? Do we, do we have a scenario where at one point, you know, we have a couple of uh, mid-card type guys in the ring and uh, comes down to the ring and and winds up, you know, in a fit of rage, tossing like a ton of people out. Do we have an angry John Cena break Kane's record for the most eliminations in a single rumble? That's a good point, too. That's a very good point too. That's possible. That 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 could be something that let's you know they could even go that route if Cena were to lose to Kane, and that anger just you know fills him up where he comes in even unannounced. Um, the, the the buzzer doesn't go off and he could just start tossing guys left and right. Um, and Kane what is also scenario, you know, what do we have a scenario where where Cena gets himself disqualified, Kane won win the match. Uh, we have a. A vicious John Cena just eliminating people left and right. Uh, Kane comes down to the ring for the Rumble match. Cena and Kane continue to go ape shit in the ring, trying to kill each other. Cena eliminates Kane, and then Cena eliminates himself to get out of the ring and continue to beat the shit out of Kane. That's another possibility too. That's 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 another very strong possibility. Speaking of Kane. Um, it was mentioned in the uh, the uh, opening monologue that uh, you know Kane's got the most eliminations in a single Royal Rumble with 11. Um, he's also got the most consecutive Rumble appearances, which will continue this evening at 14. Um, but he will also be five men away from breaking the all-time Rumble elimination record that is being held by Shawn Michaels with the number 39. Kane's at 35 right now. So could we see Kane break his own, break Shawn Michaels' record and have another record in Royal Rumble history under his belt? I think we do. I think Kane deserves it. I think Kane has uh, had a long career, uh, a lot of the career because of the storyline and everything in the shadow of uh, the Undertaker, but uh, for a big man, he's, he's had quite a career, and uh, you know I think he deserves it. I think it would be cool for a guy like Kane to have a record like that. Plus the fact, I think the record, uh, as it as it stated, works better on a a big scary guy as opposed to a Shawn Michaels. 
like agree with you. Yeah, you like when you talk like in baseball, you have uh, you know the big time behemoth kind of you know big time all some great players, and then you got guys that they call compilers uh, who yeah. just stayed around long enough and compiled a lot of stats. Were really great, and I'm not saying Shawn Michaels is not great. I mean, he's a great great wrestler. Um, I do think he is an all-time great. However, when you talk about the rumble and you talk about you know violence and you talk about having to toss uh, people over the top rope, uh, when kind of selling a record like that, it just sounds better that the monster Kane uh, threw the most people ever career-wise over the top rope as opposed to, you know, sexy boy on Michaels did it. Uh, So I'm looking for Kane to break that tonight. Awesome, awesome. So what do you think? So you're thinking we're going to the Rumble match. We got about a little less than four minutes till the Royal Rumble. Are you pumped, Dave? Oh, dude, I'm ready to rock and roll for the Royal Rumble. This is the most exciting time in the month of January, other than my birthday, which took place on the night. And feel free, callers, to call in for the next two minutes if you want to wish me a happy birthday. Cheap plug by me, of course. But, (laughs) (laughs) uh, no, uh, yeah, no, I'm absolutely excited. There's so many different possibilities and twists and turns, but um, Booker T has his fave five every week. And granted, there's about 11 or 12 guys in his fave five, but I've got myself a fave five of Royal Rumble potential winners. Um, and and it, it's not in any particular order, but um, Chris Jericho being the obvious choice. One scenario that's been brought up with Chris Jericho is that the last two guys remaining in the ring uh, both eliminate each other. Jericho comes out at 30 and enters the ring, and he's declared the automatic winner, kind of going along the lines of him doing absolutely nothing in the past three or four weeks since he's returned. Um, so that's a possibility. And, of course, like uh, the the other caller mentioned about him challenging Undertaker, great idea. Um, another entrant who I think has the potential to win, and this would really help him, is Sheamus. He's been kind of in a holding pattern since he turned babyface. He hasn't really done anything of significance, saying nope. Um, as you know, as far as it goes with uh, feuding with certain guys, he's had a couple of runs with Wade Barrett and uh, the guy from Seven Eleven with the turban that comes out. I forget his name. Um, and a guy uh, who also like it's something that that Sheamus could be adding to his resume. I mean, he's already got a pretty extensive resume. Um, you know, where do you? I mean, they gave the the title quickly in his career. Um, a rumble win would idolize him. Yeah, no, I think I think this could help him too. I think he's you know super over. He's another one of those guys that you know is really coming into his own. Um, third, third, I would have to say one of the world heavyweight champions. Whoever walks out of the Royal Rumble, the the respective title matches, one of those world champions could possibly be, is in my fave five, but I don't call it the fave five, this is the Dave five. (laughs) One of of those champions, oh my goodness, one of those champions could possibly win the Royal Rumble. That's one of my picks. Fourth, I'd have to say Cody Rhodes. He's, um, first of all, he brought the classic look back to the Intercontinental Championship, and he's been on fire as a character um, since he took the mask off. Um, and the fifth and final pick, something that you might not agree with, but something I think is bound to happen at some point. I think tonight might be the starting point, but I think The Miz could possibly win the Royal Rumble. And the only reason why I say that 
is he main evented WrestleMania last year and won, albeit in controversial fashion. And he hasn't really done anything of note since he lost the title. He's had a couple of run-ins with, you know, John Morrison, and, uh, you know, he had that decent storyline with him and R-Truth when they, you know, were fired and they came back at a pay-per-view and they caused all that chaos. And he really doesn't, hasn't done anything of great importance on the show. And I think yeah, it's it 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 a turning point right now for him. They could revitalize him. Here, guys, we got about 20 seconds left. Outlandish pick, John Laurinaitis, wins the Royal Rumble tonight, goes to WrestleMania, <laughs> wins the title at WrestleMania for a brief moment. Oh, wins the money in the bank, unprecedented for the third time, cashes in that night, wins the title back at WrestleMania. Thank you so much for calling in. It's the Ken Reedy Show signing off. Good night. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> that was good, man.